Views and opinions expressed on Tuesday Takeover are not representative of KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. into another episode of Tuesday Takeover here, Nolan Brooks, and I'm joined by a new voice this week. Austin's gone. He's off doing a radio conference, being a big boy, trying to get a job, you know. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? How's it going, guys? My name's Derek. It's my first time on the show, so we'll see how I do. (laughs) Well, if you didn't recognize, Derek was just in here playing some tunes for you, and he was the DJ, and now he's transitioning over to... Talk some college football with me. And speaking of college football, there's a new AP poll out. And, I mean, we'll just get right into it. There's not really much changing in the top ten. I didn't see any. You saw some major changes as far as, you know, who played each other this week. You got big matchups as far as Georgia and Notre Dame. And they came in and played each other. But other than that, you're seeing some powerhouses kind of stick around here in the top 25 so far. Uh, one of the biggest jumps, though, Wisconsin beating oh, yeah. Michigan big time, jumping five spots, and they are now in the top 10 at number eight in the country. Notre Dame, though, only dropping down three spots after their loss to number three, Georgia. So Notre Dame still very much in the race there. 
And then you look at teams like Iowa jumping up four spots, Oregon jumping back up three. They're right back near where they were at the start of the season. And then you also see a large jump from Cal, eight-spot jump. So that that is huge. They were number 23. They got the win uh, this past weekend, and they moved up. And then you see Utah and Michigan both losing, and they dropped down. So my question for you is, who, who's maybe the biggest surprise as far as a move up? And then who is the biggest surprise moving down, whether that be a little move or a big move? I'm going to have to go California here just because of that big win over Ole Miss that they had. That's, that's a win over an SEC opponent, too, so that helped them out a lot. But the one that dropped for me is, like, Michigan, which I was surprised that they dropped that far. I was thinking maybe, like, mid-teens, but not to number 20, that's for sure. Well, yeah, and, I mean, if you think about it, when you lose like that to even a ranked team, uh, I mean, you have to take into consideration what that might do to your uh, your resume overall. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was already on the hot seat coming into the year, and people said, oh, well, this is the year he could beat Ohio State. Well, he got beat by 20 by a, a Wisconsin team who isn't even considered in the same level as Ohio State, although they might be now. Yeah. Serious contender in the Big Ten now. But definitely a big shakeup. I mean, a nine-spot drop uh, overall. And then you're seeing a couple of teams move back in. K-State and Michigan State are were unranked and are now back into the rankings. Of course, K-State was not in the rankings all season until now. Uh, They've had some impressive wins starting out the year 3-0, and then Michigan State with the bounce-back victory this last week uh, after their loss to Arizona State in Week 4. So plenty of shakeup going on here between these uh, top 25 teams, and there, there's also some breaking news. It's it's kind of related to college football, uh, a little bit with college basketball. But uh, since Austin's mentioned this before, we're kind of the first sports show that gets to really break anything in the week. And especially this week where a lot of people are going to be gone all week. So uh, any news is good news right now. Um, maybe not for KU. Uh, <laughs> so KU, as of this morning, I believe – about four actually no 4:30 yesterday uh there was an article that came out saying that the NCAA has charged the University of Kansas with a lack of institutional control and Jayhawks basketball coach Bill Self with responsibility violations KU was slapped with five level 1 violations and if you folks don't know a level 1 violation is the worst you can get that that's basically getting kicked out of school i guess is a good comparison and then they also received two level two violations for their football program when david Beatty was the head coach there at kansas so this has been a thing in the making uh kansas has been in the radar or the the scope of the ncaa for a while now are you really surprised that this is starting to kind of fully come out and uh happened to kansas i think it was just about like the timing like when was this going to happen like you never know like if they're going to keep it hidden or is it just going to eventually come out and bite them in the ass but for sure this i think it surprises a lot of people that it came out now 
and maybe not later down the road. Th- to me, this was a shock. Like, I didn't think this would happen to Bill Self. Maybe somebody else at KU, but not him. Because I just think his reputation was too good for this to happen to him. But now he just tarnished his reputation with this. So, Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, tarnishing overall. And uh, as far as the KU violations, uh, it, again, it's more heavily towards the basketball side because basketball had to deal with their whole uh, – deal with uh, adidas their uh, contract with adidas and so it's just all kind of coming full swing now and of course ku was gonna go under fire as soon as les miles came into the picture because um, i mean people had an idea that maybe something shady was going on obviously the the violations are not on les miles though at this point it is on david Beatty. um so any violations that occur won't go towards David Beatty. They would just go to KU football overall, which is unfortunate. Um, just really depends on what happens. And, I mean, right now the NCAA has not issued anything major, uh, but there are violations that have been pinned on KU overall. Um, obviously, KU fully supports Bill Self, and they they came out, they, I mean, they came right out with it and saying they're fully behind him. They don't believe that anything is wrong here, and they're they're going to support him all the way. And as far as the whole deal with Adidas, do you think that maybe the NCAA will incorporate that into the violations, or is that maybe a side deal? Uh, that's a tough one. I, they might. I feel like they probably will, though, just because it's a big brand name company out there who's like got like shoe deals and everything and that's a lot of influence that they have too just like nike nike's got a lot of influence but i i I can see them probably bringing that into the fold yeah and i mean when you sign a 14 year 196 million dollar deal and then violations for paying players comes out looks a little shady overall so uh ku under fire right now uh obviously they're not back to the ap poll they're not they're not in the top 25. They're not anywhere close, No, obviously. So it's not going to affect them too heavily. But come bowl season, it might be a problem. Say KU turns it around. They did just lose to West Virginia, and we'll get into that later on in the show. But, uh, you know, they're starting to try to turn things around, and then this comes out. This has to be maybe a motivation killer overall for any Jayhawk fan. I mean, Football hasn't been relevant in Lawrence in a long time, if not ever. So, I mean, this is really just kind of a slap in the face as far as what KU's going to do overall. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens going forward uh, with the Jayhawks. And uh, I'm sure by the end of the week, if we don't hear anything come next week, there might be more news coming out overall on the Jayhawks. So, uh Again, with, with the AP poll, it's it's starting to stack up a little bit. Uh, you're going to see some teams maybe, maybe move around a bit here in the coming weeks. As uh, Coming up on the show, we're, we are going to preview some of these matchups, and there's some very interesting games. Maybe not this past week where you saw a bunch of ranked teams playing each other, but there are some interesting uh, matchups between ranked and unranked overall. I think some of them will be pretty close, too, no matter what. Yeah, so it's it's definitely going to be a good week. Uh, coming up and i won't 
I won't spoil anything yet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the weekend sport, not the weekend sports kickoff on Tuesday takeover. And when we get back, it's time to preview or it's time to recap uh, how everything went down uh, this past week in week four. It was a good week, and we will be right back. I'm going to pick you up, let me be your motivation To stay and give it tonight Baby, turn around, let me give you an ovation Cause I do it so right You got that good, good, baby, don't you? Got that good, good, baby, don't you? But you're leaving so long for live broadcasts of Northwest Missouri State Bearcat home games. In the fall, catch Bearcat football and volleyball matchups. In the winter, tune in for Bearcat men's and women's basketball home games. And in the spring, turn your dial to KZLX for Bearcat baseball. Every season, live home games from the sports crew at X106 Sports. And welcome back to the show here, Tuesday Takeover. Nolan Brooks alongside me, the sub-in 
host co-host with me, Derek, and uh, it's a good Tuesday for college football. As uh, this last week, a very impressive week. You saw a lot of good matchups, especially on college game day. A ranked matchup between the number three Georgia Bulldogs and at the time the number seven Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I mean, you got everything you wanted. And me and Austin, a kind of a point we've kind of brought up is that so far, college game day has lived up to the test, and it's it's given us some pretty good games to talk about. And uh, you got another one in uh, this matchup between Georgia and Notre Dame. Yeah, this one definitely was a good game. I know, like, trying to watch this, it was like, definitely, you could feel the physicality of the game just on the television. Like, you could just hear them go at each other. And you know this, two two physical teams just going at each other, you know you're just going to have a good matchup. No doubt about it. Yeah, and something that was trying to play a factor coming into this game was the whole idea that last year Georgia missed out on getting into the college football playoff because Notre Dame got in. And they were very upset about that, and they were very vocal about that. And then Georgia went on to lose to Texas in a bowl game. So, I mean, a little bit of a fire between these two teams. Um, It was definitely a a closer game. I know a lot of people, especially the Bulldogs fans, are probably hoping for a 40-point blowout. But, I mean, that's not what you're going to get when you put two ranks. I would not have seen that coming. Like, you got a good Notre Dame team, and if they give up that many points, it's like – I wouldn't be surprised if they get, would have been ranked at all then. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And coming into this game, Georgia just had an offense that was almost too scary to think about losing a game. Uh, I know I'd mentioned to Austin and on WSK that Notre Dame does not have a rushing attack. They no. don't have it. It's not there, but they do have a defense, and that's what keeps them in games is they can – play the the Jacob Blair magical philosophy of score four times and then play defense and you don't have to score again and ideally that's what you saw Georgia do in this game Georgia scored four times and then their defense came through in the clutch Uh, nine carries for 21 yards from Tony Jones Jr. for Notre Dame three rushes for 18 yards from Ian Book as well from the Irish so ideally the run game just non-existent and then they definitely need to get more involved to help this passing game out otherwise the defenses that Notre Dame play will be expecting them to pass the ball all the time and they'll be ready for that absolutely and I mean you didn't see a bad game from Ian Book 29 of 47 275 yards two touchdowns two interceptions though and that really was the difference uh but like you said the receiving core they did their job uh Cole Cole Met had nine receptions for 108 yards. Chase Claypool, six receptions, 66 yards. And both of them had the sole touchdowns for the Irish. And then you go over to Georgia's side, uh, Jake Fromm, looking more and more like he's NFL ready. 20 of 26, 187 yards, which is rather low for him. Uh, one touchdown overall. But when you have a run game and DeAndre Swift with 18 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown, you don't got to throw for 300 yards. And ideally, I think that's what brought this what this game came down to was can Georgia outrun Notre Dame's defense? And clearly, they came into this game and did that. Oh yeah, Georgia's uh, run offense too like helps take that from take that pressure off of Jake Fromm from making those 
throws all the time. So that definitely helped him out. It made him probably more relaxed in the pocket, helping him make those nice, easy throws that he had during the game. Yeah, and Jake Fromm, I mean, even even only throwing 187 yards, only six incompletions makes 187 yards look like a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was an overall good game for Georgia, but you have to credit Notre Dame in a way because – Everyone knew that Notre Dame is not in a conference and they don't play anybody strong, and now they actually get a test early on in the season. Um, Ideally, I have Notre Dame in my Final Four for the college football playoff. So if you think about it, this game might have helped the resume in a way if, say, Ohio State, Oklahoma, or LSU do lose a game. And it and it's not to a team as good as Georgia, yeah. Because then you have to maybe slide Notre Dame back in, ideally, because their resume says, "Well, we lost by six to Georgia," whereas LSU might lose, uh, you know, a, an upset game to a South Carolina or so, yep. something of that matter. So oh, it yeah. makes it interesting. This will definitely help them in the long run. Probably bring them closer to the top five for sure at the end of the season. Yeah, so definitely keep the Irish on your radar. And then Georgia obviously solidifying themselves uh, in the number three spot overall uh, in the AP poll. And then that, I mean, that was really the game of the week. Again, was college game day. And if we continue to see that, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch college game day every single week because it, it's it's been close. You saw Georgia... You saw Georgia-Notre Dame six-point game. Iowa-Iowa State was a three-point game, and it was really close. Um, so, so far we've gotten four weeks of great games on college game day. Uh, now transferring over to the Big Ten. It was a, a quiet week for the Big Ten. Not that many games going on. A uh, couple of blowouts, but... A lot closer this week for the Big Ten. Uh, you saw the Big Ten get really tested this week, considering Michigan and Wisconsin play each other. Uh, you saw Nebraska and Illinois come down to a close one there. Uh, and Nebraska's really trying to fight to stay in consideration here in the Big Ten yeah. um, overall. Uh, Ohio State, just keep it short and sweet. I mean, 76-5 to over Miami, Ohio. Justin Fields, 223 passing yards. Uh, broke an Ohio State record for touchdowns in a quarter with six. Yep. Uh, that that that's wild. Yeah. That that's. But the thing here about heard of <laughs> about Ohio State, I want to see them play somebody that can actually compete with them, not these conference non-conference games that are like where they're blowing people out seventy-six to five. Like I want to see them actually play a Power Five school and compete. Like I want to see them. Uh, Georgia and Notre Dame game with Ohio State. So that way I can say, hey, they deserve to be where they're at right now instead of just, I don't know. Cruising as number five? Yeah, just cruising. Well, and I I agree with you. And that was a conversation we've had multiple times is when are you going to see some of these powerhouse teams really get tested? You've seen a couple of them have very good games. Um, You saw Oregon – and Auburn to start the season. You saw Texas and LSU, uh, the SEC Big 12 matchup, Mm -hmm. two ranked teams. That was a good matchup. So uh, you definitely got to wonder how how much longer will the NCAA let 
teams like this cruise to six or seven wins and then almost guarantee themselves on the spot for the running in the college football playoff. Um, so it's I agree with you. Put Ohio State up against somebody, no, and no. then you'll see how they do. Uh, moving on, which Michigan-Wisconsin. This was supposed to be uh, the early game that everybody would tune into and be interested in, and then Wisconsin jumped out to a 35 to nothing lead. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor just might like physically run past Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts yeah. for the Heisman. Uh, 203 rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. He even had he had 183 in the first half, and he went out with an with an injury for a little bit. And Wasn't it like his knee? That yeah, some, yeah, something like that. He went out with an injury, and they were by 35. Yeah. So it really didn't matter. So a uh, good win there for Wisconsin. That was really a statement win. Yes. Like, he looked like Shaquan Barkley out there just running through people. And he saw the line, the lanes, too, that he needed to go to for, like, the first touchdown, 73 yards. Pretty sure what it was that he had in the first quarter. It was like, damn, that, that guy's impressive. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, two touchdowns on the day. Jack Cohn added a career high of two rushing touchdowns, and they 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 made it look easy. Michigan four turnovers on the afternoon. Uh, Wisconsin none. Wisconsin outplaying basically out possession timing. Uh, Michigan uh, Wisconsin had a possession time of forty one minutes, and Michigan had a possession time of just under twenty minutes. <laughs> So, I mean, ideally, Wisconsin just held on to the ball and outscored Michigan early and then just cruised. And Michigan ended up getting 14 points there close to the end of the game. But overall, just a dominant win for the Badgers as they are now creeping into the top 10 at number oh, yeah. 8. So a big statement win for the Badgers. That's what they do, too, though. They they ground and pound. They're, they wear you out. They will make you fight for those yards, like, on offense and defense. Like, I know Michigan's turnovers did not help them at all for possession or winning this game. That's probably what cost them, though, right there. Those four turnovers. I didn't see them winning that after that. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to the Indiana and UConn game, this one was not close at all. A 38-3 to victory there for Indiana over the UConn Huskies, 247 passing yards on the day for the Indiana quarterback in Peyton Ramsey, 23 of 27, 247 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, Man, just a good game. Stevie Scott, 21 carries, 97 yards and a touchdown. So, a good statement win there for Indiana, making some noise here in the Big Ten as they move to two and one in conference play. Uh, just a good game overall there. Good bounce back win too after that loss to Ohio State. Absolutely, and that I think that's what went into the conversation when me and Austin picked that game was, you know, Indiana lost to a really good Ohio State team. Yeah. So are they as bad as they looked? Probably not, and then you saw it here, 38-3 to over UConn. Yep. And then Michigan State went on the road to Northwestern, and uh, Northwestern, I mean, they, they, they typically give some Big Ten teams a bit of a fight. They hung around. They were only down 14-3 uh, to uh, at half to Michigan State, so hanging around a little bit. 
but then Michigan State putting up 10 points in the third quarter and a touchdown in the fourth quarter to all but seal it and held Northwestern to only a touchdown late in the game. So uh, good bounce back again for Michigan State as they did lose to Arizona State. Especially for their offense, too. Their offense looked pretty good today. Ex- I mean, not today, but... <laughs> yeah, they, they look good on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely bounce back win, and that's, that's kind of what they needed. Um, Brian Lewerke had three touchdown passes. So ideally, overall, it was a fantastic game for Michigan State to get back on their feet a little bit after dropping a tough road game uh, to the Arizona State Sun Devils and Herm Edwards. Uh, Boston College and Rutgers, this was another close one, 30-16 Boston College. Uh, good game overall from the Eagles after losing in ugly fashion to KU, 48-24. to So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. You go, you go on the road and you get a win over Rutgers. I didn't see them losing this game, especially after they lost to Kansas. They were they were head hunting. They they wanted this win badly to prove themselves that they that they, that was not them against Kansas. Yeah, and I think they did that. Yeah, definitely. This was this was another prime example of a bounce back game. Um, a lot of bounce back games here for the Big <laughs> Ten. Um, maybe not the direction they want to be heading in, but uh, wins a win. And then another. This was probably. The best game in the Big Ten this last week between Nebraska and Illinois. Nebraska going on the road to play the Fighting Illini. 42-38 final there. Uh, Nebraska in favor. Adrian Martinez, 327 passing yards. Uh, Just the ideal kind of game you want as far as production, but it was rather close going down in the final stretch as... Illinois did have the ball on the final drive, and they just couldn't do it. Nebraska's defense stepped up, and you saw Nebraska run away with it almost almost a little bit too easily there at the very end. Uh, but nonetheless, a win for the Cornhuskers, despite 134 yards rushing from Reggie Corbin from Illinois. Adrian Martinez, also the leading rusher for nebraska so alongside 327 pass yards 118 rush yards so yeah overall well, a good game for yeah the to take over that load too because washington got hurt and he went out and then spielman or what? Yeah, yeah spielman spielman seven receptions 159 yards yeah he he had to help the team out too making some pretty clutch the catches and I, I don't Definitely a lot closer than what I was hoping for. I was hoping Nebraska to at least have a 14-point lead in this throughout this whole game, but they just couldn't stop Illinois from scoring, and those costly turnovers on their side of the field didn't help them any either. Exactly, and uh, I was actually watching this game live on the TV, and I turned it off for a bit because Illinois was up by, I think they were up by two touchdowns. Yep. I was like, you know what, Illinois got this in control, and then uh nebraska came back i mean this is the adrian martinez i'm sure Cornhuskers fans were uh looking forward to because i mean you can ask for much more of a quarterback when he's your rushing leader and your passing leader so good game overall there for the Cornhuskers. so that's going to wrap it up here on the big 
10 overall, so not that many games. And then we'll we'll go ahead and move on over here to the Big 12, another conference with not that many scheduled games this week, this past week. A lot of teams getting bye weeks. Uh, you saw Oklahoma State and Texas play each other. Close one. Uh, I think everybody predicted that, though. Oklahoma State is a legitimate threat in the Big 12 right now to make some noise. Uh, 36-30 final there. Uh, and it was a home game for the Longhorns, and Oklahoma State definitely came to play. This definitely looked like a Big 12 game where they're just launching the ball here and there. And, like, I know this is the, these two teams are pretty competitive, too. They're, they're born and raised for football. They'll, they'll definitely compete every time against each other. Absolutely. And Sam Ellinger, another phenomenal game, 20 of 28, 281 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, though. Uh, looked to almost be costly, but definitely another Heisman-worthy performance overall from Ellinger. Uh, this ended four years of frustration against Oklahoma State, um, as every year they give Texas some trouble. So uh, definitely a big win here as Texas is trying to solidify themselves in the yep. Big 12 with Oklahoma looking phenomenal right now. Um, but Texas moves to 3-1 and one overall. Uh, same with Oklahoma State, who is right outside of the uh, top 25. So they are definitely a uh, team to keep on your radar there. SMU at TCU is the next one. Uh, TCU played some fantastic football to get into the top 25 and then threw it right back away in a home game loss to uh, SMU 41-38. to uh, I mean, SMU just came to play, and they were prepared for this Horned Frogs offense. Oh, yeah, this, offense. Is, this is a big rivalry game, too, between these two schools. And, like, they, they go at it with each other. And, like, this snapped uh, – TCU's win streak over SMU, too. And SMU is 4-0 now since 1984 for them. So this is an impressive start for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good start overall for the Mustangs here. Shane Bushaley threw for 288 yards with two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to add on top of that. Uh, despite Darius Anderson for TCU showing off the run game that we knew was going to be a big deal. 19 carries, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, but SMU just really outlasted TCU overall. Um, fantastic receiving performance from Reggie Robertson. Four receptions, 122 yards. That's a that's some big gains right yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's a lot of yards on only four catches. <laughs> yeah. So um, you saw TCU's secondary really break down, and ultimately that's what you saw here. Uh, was SMU simply just picking apart TCU and getting a win on the road. Uh, UL Monroe at Iowa State, not close at all. Uh, I don't think anybody picked UL Monroe. If you did, I'd be very surprised. Uh, another bounce back game. Oh. Iowa State losing in a close one to in-state yeah. rival Iowa. That that ending to that game sucked. It's like, oh, that yeah. should never happened. Yeah, it, it shouldn't, and... Then Iowa State goes out and puts up 72 at home. So um, I, me and Austin attest to this as well. If you go out and you score 70 points in a college football game, even if it's against a no-name team that really has no business competing with you, 70 points is still strategically hard to do. Um, You have to go out and play as a unit. So good home win there. Brock Purdy, 435 yards passing. Uh, on the day, so a good one there for Iowa State. 
West Virginia at Kansas. This was probably the game of the week alongside the Oklahoma State-Texas game, although it's the bottom of the Big 12 competing against each other here. West Virginia coming out on top 29-24. to I know Austin said this was a must-win for both teams if they wanted to have any kind of chance of having a name for themselves in the Big 12. And West Virginia coming out on top over Kansas on the road there. So Both teams, too, played two good opponents last week. And... Kansas just couldn't keep up with West Virginia, I feel like. Like, even though they competed, like, you could see the potential for that win, but they just couldn't do it. Yeah, and ideally, West Virginia was coming into that game feeling pretty good after their win the week before where they put up 40 points. So they, I think they had an idea of how to outplay KU, and they did. Uh, Baylor and Rice, the last one here for the Big 12. Baylor coming out on top of Rice, 21-13. A little bit closer than a lot of people thought. Uh, Baylor was favored by quite a bit in the numbers overall. Rice did have a longer possession time than Baylor, but Baylor showing why they are a Power 5 conference team. Uh, Rice came into this game winless, and they stay winless. Uh, They played a pretty good second through fourth quarter to hang around, but uh, the Bears just run away with it. They definitely... Stopped Baylor's offense from scoring in the second half, which I thought was pretty impressive. Like, Baylor's offense could not really put up anything in the second half. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's just kind of a, well, how 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 can we take this win overall, you know? Is this is this a good win to beat unbeaten Rice? Uh, maybe if you're trying to compete in the Big 12 and not be at the bottom of Granted, it's not even a conference game. Though. This this helps them stay away from the bottom for sure, but it's against a winless team. It doesn't really make them look all that much better. Even the, and it, even with, like, definitely doesn't help them when Rice just stopped their offense in the second half, so that didn't help them any. Like, if they wanted to look like they deserved to be in the top half of the Big 12, they should have been a, up at least by 21 a lot more than what it was. Absolutely, and I, I mean the spread was – I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was heavily in Baylor's favor, um, and they only managed to win by eight there over Rice, uh, but a win nonetheless. And, I mean, this rarely rounded out a very quiet week for the Big 12. You saw a couple of matchups that uh, were close. You saw ranked TCU go down, and they're no longer in the uh, top 25 – Oklahoma State probably I see them being ranked yeah I wouldn't be surprised to see Oklahoma State in the Big 12 maybe move in uh, to the top 25 depending on how uh, week number five goes overall but nonetheless a very quiet week for the Big 12 and really this was the Big 10 and the Big 12 had the quietest weeks because you saw some close ones, but then you also saw a lot of blowouts again. Very uh, stereotypical for the first four weeks of college football, uh, but it's college football none. Anything can happen, that's for sure. Exactly. Especially- so anyone can win at any time. You saw that with SMU at TCU. Uh, a lot of people had TCU in that game. I, I favored TCU. Oh, yeah. Um, I simply did. because they look like they maybe are on a resurgence to make a name again, uh, but obviously not. Yeah. I couldn't have choose opponent for that game. It's like two good teams. It was tough for me. It's like I, I was leaning both ways really in that game, but 
SMU, I, I think, proved themselves in that game. Absolutely. And so really just kind of take it with a grain of salt how some of these teams uh, performed overall in week four. Uh, you saw a lot of resurgence games. You saw Wisconsin in the Big Ten make a name for themselves. Well, continue to make a name for themselves. Um, and then Texas kind of hanging on to their reputation so far in the Big 12, along with Oklahoma, who had the bye week to yep. mention. So Oklahoma got a week off, and so they're, they've had some time to rest up. And, I mean, it's it, it's it's going to get really interesting in the Big 12 once those two play each other. Same oh, yeah. with the Big 10, once Wisconsin, um, some of those leaders in the Big 10 East and the West kind of play each other. That's when you're going to see these conferences shake up a little bit, especially when you start to put into account that Wisconsin is now a top 10 team along with Ohio State. And then Texas and Oklahoma are top 10 teams. And then you got to think about the sleepers as far as Oklahoma State coming in. In the Big 12 for sure. Exactly. And then Nebraska in the Big 10. Uh, Michigan State ideally is right now a sleeper because they got bounced out of the top 25. Um, Michigan kind of uh, on the fence right now as far as how big of a threat they could be. Um, But, again, they just ran into a really hot Wisconsin team. So maybe – Maybe they just needed one more punch in the mouth to turn around. I don't know. Yeah. That's really up as to of, John Harbaugh as of, now, of Ann Arbor. I don't see Michigan beating Ohio State as of now. No. If they played like that against Ohio State, Ohio State would probably put up 50 on them. Yep. As of right now, from what we've seen from those two teams. So definitely getting very dicey and interesting. Maybe not you know, heated up. And in fuego as we'd like to see, but overall it's still getting very interesting. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on the weekend sports kickoff, and when we get back, we're going to go over the SEC. Uh, the SEC had a lot more games than the other two conferences did, a lot more to talk about, some very good performances overall. So uh, when we get back, we'll talk about the SEC. Stay tuned right here on KZLX, the X. Yeah. I'm home now, it's over now. She got a thing for Chanel Vintage that drop before she can speak English. Do you love me and love seeking attention? I mean, which one is it? You keep calling me a twin, but twins ain't this different. Mentally, I'm already on next year. That's some 2020 clear vision. You saying let you finish, I ain't trying to hear it. I'm off of spiritual lifting, but I don't fly spirit. I'm off of finding happiness, but down to die serious. All smiles, Kevin Durant trials. Had to blow it on a court, I must have blew a milli. I'm walking on all charges, that's my new Achilles. I know they love to rock and check, but who gon' do it really, really? My depositions never surface. Tenenbaum know the logo on the jersey is getting purchased. Ten years in and y'all yet they hear my most impressive verses. Paid the cost to be the boss, wasn't even my most expensive purchase. Trust when I say I'm never on it, they assuming I'm on. Tales about me are like Coritos and Coolia Khan. Sashimi from Saito, you know that man, two Michelin star. Postcard from Grace Bay, sending my distant regards. Vision wasn't mine, told my 
the vision was ours. Still a part of shorty, even if we've been living apart. Rocks will do you filthy for me soon as I give him the nod. Meaning he'll blast for me like putting a six with the guard. Hop on the float and show the city the one they appointed. The one that's rebuilding schools and feeding the homeless. Hang with my but sometimes I be trying to avoid it. Cause they'll get to popping out of place like they double jointed. Goals was the top of the pyramid in it world i gotta get the most of everything is the axis on which it's sitting twirls point blank period like a city girl and then i bring it back to 50 world hey whoa you made me this way yeah. before i'm gone out of this place yeah. put some flowers in my face won't you let me know that i did okay yeah. don't wait till some other day no no They let away till it's too late. It's too different. late. Yo. Hey. I was nominated, never won a Grammy. But I understand, I'll never understand me. A lot of lives lost, but I never panicked. A lot of lines crossed, I never did a zany. A hundred room mansion, but I felt abandoned. Love making love, but where would love land me? Jealous, so they be acting like they sleeping on us. But they speaking on the Zulus, quarters, even numbers. Still blowing smoke as angels float above us. Love giving back, but will they ever love us? Chanel in the mail, FedEx for Pharrell. And what I got for sale, just sit on the scale. Triple beam dream, a buck on the shades. I really seen things give mothers the shakes. I really bought cars for women on face. I know it seemed odd, but money amazing. College loans really the fuckable credit. Discover cars, look back, I know she regret it. But we keep pushing, keep our foot on the pedal. In the mirror, she a blessing, rebuking the devil. Living on the edge, she keeping me level. Money come and go, I'ma keep it forever. Money come and go, I'ma keep it forever. Ever. Slip on glass slippers, a ticket with feathers. Everywhere we go, we create a dilemma. Coming to America, really the set. I let your soul glow, I'm keeping you wet. I'm a cold December's, I know she remembers. Forgiveness for a sinner, but is it that simple? Holding on your hands, your body's a temple. Fly you out the cans, menages with lobsters in the prime. Start you with spinach. Bottles for the dawn, our party's the biggest. Biggest, biggest. Maybach music. Hey. Whoa. You made me this way, yeah. Before I'm gone out of this place, yeah. Put some flowers in my face, won't you? Let me know that I did okay. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They let away till it's too late, too late. Hey. Had a dream, she was singing to me like Gladys Knight. True love in the projects, it's called paradise. All you left, you wasn't acting right. But honesty itself a small sacrifice. My money bag heavy, got me begging light. You moving funny, kid, you feel my appetite. Conversations, a lot of it false. You own condos right over Carnegie Hall. Speak about your cars, but all of them park. Money light, come out of the dark. You really are my type, it's not a facade. One of the reasons why I write, we got a synopsis. I'm always at the top of barbershop gossip. After further thought, better not knock em. Allocate some dollars to go out shopping. We on the rail, it's time to stop talking. Hey. Whoa. You made me this way, yeah. Before I'm gone out of this place, yeah. 
put some flowers in my face, won't you? Let me know that I did okay. Don't wait till some other day, no, no. They let her wait till it's too late, too late. Hey. It's time to dot the I in Ohio. It's time to war eagle. It's time to boomer sooner. And it's time to play like a champion today. It's time for Tuesday Takeover. Be sure to catch Nolan Brooks and your host, Austin McNorton, as they bring you all the latest news in the world of college football. Every Tuesday, 4 to 6, right here on KZLX 106.7, The X. Hello and welcome back. I've been having dreams Jumping on a trampoline Hello and welcome back here to Tuesday Takeover. Sorry about that. Forgot to add in the break there, but uh, interesting show so far. We're getting real close here to the second hour of the show, and uh, we still got the SEC to run through real quick as far as results from week number four. Real quick, Southern Mississippi, Alabama, no surprise, Alabama cruising 49-7 to attack of Baloa, 293 passing yards. Another convincing win there for Alabama. I don't know why it's convincing, but I guess it is. Uh, Notre Dame, Georgia, we already went over that one, 23-17. LSU, Vanderbilt, uh, Jonathan Burrow, 398 yards, broke the, or he tied the record for touchdowns with six, I believe. So big win there for LSU on the road against a uh, fellow SEC team. So good performance there for LSU, sitting at number four in the country still. This was the big one. Auburn at Texas A&M. First real test for freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. True freshman. Uh, number 8 Auburn at number 17 A&M. Auburn coming out on top 28-20. to 20. Uh, Bo Nix. Man, kids living up to the hype. He may have not have passed very well this game, but he still looked pretty good, even when he did have to pass. Exactly, and I think... That's kind of how Auburn is trying to incorporate him in the offense right now is don't force the freshman quarterback to do everything. You have weapons overall. You have uh, a very significant uh, running back in Jartavius Whitlow, 18 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, So Bo Nix, 12 of 20, 100 yards passing, one passing touchdown. So you saw the Auburn defense play a humongous role in this game to go on the road and beat the Aggies, as I'm sure a lot of people, including myself and Austin, picked A&M because we thought Bo Nix couldn't go on the road and play in Aggieville. But he did it. He went there, and he played very well, and they came out on top 28-20, to and Auburn is now number 7 in the nation. Tennessee at number nine, Florida. Florida looking fantastic uh, behind their new backup quarterback in Trask, 293 passing yards, really continuing on from last week when he came in. He comes out and gets the big win, 34-3 over the Volunteers. That's definitely an impressive win for him. Yes, yes. He was going to be tested. This was an SEC opponent coming into your house after they had a big win. Yep. Granted, it was over Chattanooga, but they came in and they had a good win. So, good overall game there for the now starter. Uh, number 23, Cal, at Ole Miss, came in and beat Ole Miss. This was a game where a lot of us picked uh, Ole Miss to win this game. 
the SEC stereotypically is a strong conference. Yep. Um, we kind of underwrit or underwrote uh, a ranked Cal team, and Cal came out and they played great. They really limited Mississippi on both sides of the ball, um, and you saw them come out on top, twenty-eight to twenty in that game. So a good game overall there for Cal. And then Kentucky at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, after losing last week to Kansas State, 34-14, to come out and get the win over Kentucky, who gave number 9 Florida a run for their money. Yep. And then they drop a game uh, to Mississippi State. So 28-13 victory there for the Bulldogs. Good bounce back win. South Carolina on the road at Mizzou. Mizzou coming out in the home game. 34 to 14. Uh, South Carolina stereotypically uh, hangs around with Mizzou a lot. I think this is a good win. Good win for Mizzou right here. Absolutely. Mizzou is trying to compete in an SEC conference where they're not going to make any noise in the postseason because of the ban. Yep. So that's unfortunate, but they can still go out and they can win games, and this was a prime example. Kelly Bryant, 227 passing yards. Just a good overall game. A good first real test here for Mizzou. Besides the the week one loss to Wyoming, Mizzou starting to really come together as a team. Uh, including this 34-14 win over the Gamecocks. You know those other teams are definitely rooting for Mizzou to make some noise and disrupt that uh, oh, top absolutely, 10 rankings. Oh, absolutely, because Mizzou could definitely hang around with maybe an A&M, maybe a Florida. Yeah. Uh, you never know. Just only time will tell. But unfortunately, some of these SEC teams that aren't ranked are never going to meet <laughs> up with these top-ranked SEC teams. So it's not going to matter at all, unfortunately. Uh, maybe it will in the next couple of years. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this was a good one. San Jose State at Arkansas. Uh, I'm sure Arkansas fans were ready for a home game for San Jose State to come in and they get a blowout. Uh, San Jose State came in and wins. Yeah. Uh, 31-24 final there. Uh, man, 402 passing yards for the quarterback uh, out of uh, San Jose State. Uh, I mean... Good Lord, 32 of 49 for Josh Love, 402 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Starkle on the other side of the ball had a great week last week. Uh, This week, complete opposite. Five interceptions, 28 of 50. Uh, Basically, San Jose State came in and outplayed the Razorbacks. I think this definitely hurt Arkansas and the SEC because – California beat Ole Miss, too. Now you got San Jose State winning against an SEC opponent. And, like, it definitely just disrupts that powerhouse flow that the SEC has. Yes, absolutely. So this was a very jam-packed week for the SEC. They were one of the few conferences that had uh, quite a bit more games than any of the uh, other teams, uh, definitely. But overall, a a good week here for the SEC. You saw a lot of teams make some revamp, uh, revampage in their team, maybe to come back a little bit. And you saw some powerhouses stick around and show why they're powerhouses overall. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with the SEC. Uh, when we get back, we're going to get into the second hour of the show where we start to pick and preview uh, what's going to go on here in the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10 as those are the regional uh, 
matchups we like to look at here on Tuesday Takeover. So we'll take a quick break, and when we get back, you're going to find out how good Derek might be at his picks because so far uh, me and Austin are doing pretty well on this show. So we'll see we'll see who Derek's got. We'll be right back here on Tuesday Takeover. You're listening to KZLX LP Maryville. Hex 106. Are you missing basketball season? Well, coming up this winter, your defending national champion men's basketball team and women's basketball team are back in action. You can catch every home game live on KZLX or listen live on the TuneIn app to keep up with the action. Make sure to follow us at x106 underscore sports for any updates throughout the semester before the season tips off at Bearcat Arena. of turn number four two drivers run door to door beating and banging racing to get to the checkered flag except now it's monday and you've missed it every monday from three to four jacob blair and trevor mater will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world race analysis results current driver standings and the biggest storylines in the world of nascar and indycar listen live on the tune in app every monday three to four on x 106 and welcome back in here to the KZLX studio. I'm Nolan Brooks. Alongside me, my friend Derek here, and he's new on the show, uh, but he knows that we're pretty serious about making picks here. So here in the second hour of the show, uh, we're going to talk about college game day uh, first here, and then we're going to get into our picks of the other conferences that we cover, like I mentioned, the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC. And then later on in the show, we're going to talk about an interesting article I found that ranks transfer quarterbacks as far as who's doing the best right now in their new location. So a lot of stuff coming up here in the second hour of the show. But first, let's talk about where college game day is going to be. Uh, typically, in these first four weeks, it's been close. Yep. We saw a lot of good games, some ranked opponents playing each other and shaking it up a little bit. This week, uh, maybe not. unfortunately for uh you Cornhuskers fans it will be in Lincoln this weekend of course the Nebraska Cornhuskers coming off a victory over the fighting Illini 42-38 moving to 3-1 on the year uh and 1-0 in conference play are going to welcome in the number five team in the country Ohio State Buckeyes who look unbeatable right now uh 4-0 overall 1-0 in conference play uh right now the spread is an 18-point favorite to uh, Ohio State, Ooh. which is a lot lower than I expected, yeah. honestly. I, I expected to see 23 to 25 I would have thought in favor that, of Ohio State. So, I mean, if I'm Nebraska, run with it, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know, but this is definitely um, – I don't think you're going to see a close as close a game. But maybe Nebraska will give Ohio State a run for their money at home. I think to if it for a possibly close game, Nebraska needs to have Washington healthy, and we need to see Martinez have another good game like against Illinois, and we need to limit the turnovers too. Like you can't have turnovers on your side of the field. You gotta stop the run. Like I know Nebraska looks like they're gonna be struggling against the run, and you definitely gotta shut down that. But you got Justin Fields who's got the passing game too so 
your secondary is definitely going to have to be on point against Ohio State also. It's looking pretty tough win for Nebraska if they do pull this off somehow. Uh, honestly, if Nebraska plays it the right way and they do win at home, uh, it's definitely going to open some eyes. Yep. Um, if Nebraska wins, this is one of those matchups where maybe Notre Dame's loss to Georgia puts them back in. Oh, yeah. If Ohio State manages to lose this game. Ohio State right now is favored at 89.8% to 10.2%. I think pretty pretty substantial, yeah. but I think that's expected right now with how Ohio State's playing. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Ohio State's averaging 53 and a half a game whereas Nebraska averaging 38 a game. Uh Ohio State though averaging or is only allowing 9 points a game. Yeah. And Nebraska at 25.3. So, I don't, I don't I mean, see that ha- them stopping that at home, though, because you're playing in Lincoln. you got college game day. You know these fans are going to be out there ready. And Link, Link, and in Lincoln, they have that consecutive sellouts, too. So this is going to be a jam-packed stadium. It's going to be loud. Nebraska's going to be rooting for themselves here. And, like, Ohio State is going to have to compete with that noise, I feel like, too. But it it's definitely in favor of Ohio State. Like, this will be a test for them especially against Nebraska because of that fan base always there for him. So. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's it's really unfortunate because Nebraska um, – it's it's weird. They're 3-1, and one, but it's not a very good-looking 3-1. and one. No. It's, a, it's a hard-fought 3-1 and one overall for the Cornhuskers. So, I mean, this game could go two ways, honestly. This could be Ohio State coming into Lincoln, and you see half of Lincoln leave early. Yep. And Ohio State wins this big. Um, but you could also see Nebraska maybe hang around for a bit and give people a run for their money. Um, but, I mean, huh. just overall, it's really, it's really tough to even look in Nebraska's favor in this game simply because of who they're running up against. Yep. This this will be a test for Nebraska, too. This will help them see how well they're going to do against Ohio State and also hopefully prove to themselves, hey, maybe we can compete against Wisconsin, too, when we have to play them later on. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a statement game for Nebraska. This is yep. a time to, as they would say, nut up or shut up. Yep. Um, you're going to find out who this Cornhusker team is. That's oh, how yeah. it's going to be. Um. Ohio State's scary, though. Coming into this game, 524.5 yards per game, 264 of that uh, passing, and 260 of that rushing. So almost even on both sides of the ball. Uh, Ohio State allowing 222 yards per game, 161 to the pass, only 60 to the rushing game. Nebraska, on the other hand, 357 yards allowed per game, 240 to the pass game, 116 to the rush game. Which, if you think about it, Nebraska coming into this game, Martinez in his in this last game against uh, Illinois, you saw him become a dual-threat quarterback because he had to. Uh, Justin Fields plays the exact same style. Now, by the numbers, Adrian Martinez has... Over a thousand yards passing already, uh, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, sixty-seven of one hundred and nine. 
Justin Fields, 66 of 95, 880 yards and 13 touchdowns. So areas where they're even. Yep. Um, Nebraska has been battle-tested, though, and Ohio State is not. Yeah, this this is probably maybe Ohio State's toughest opponent so far. Indiana might have been, but Ohio State just blew them away. So Exactly. This, uh, it, it wasn't close in the Indiana game. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people say, well, maybe Indiana can put up a fight. 51-10 uh, to 10 final in that game, so not yeah. close. Um, but I agree with you, 100%. Nebraska is the first real test that Ohio State is coming up against uh, this season. After after this, I mean, let's go ahead and take a look at who Ohio State's got. After Nebraska, at home against number 25 Michigan State, on the road at Northwestern, and then back home again against ranked Wisconsin. Yeah. So they're going to start some... to get some tests, but... 100% Nebraska is going to be the first leg of this overall. Oh, yeah. uh, it's tough to go on the road in Lincoln and play a game. doesn't matter how ranked you are, but, again, this game could go two ways. I want to know who you got. I know you're high on Nebraska, but who you got? I, I know even from looking at last year's game against Nebraska, Ohio State, Nebraska probably should have won that game, but it's tough. I'm probably going to go have to go for Ohio State, even – It'd be awesome if Nebraska won this game, but looking at Ohio State's offense, they're they're putting up the numbers on the passing and rushing, and Nebraska's defense struggles stopping the run, and their their secondary does okay, like but they got to be top tier defense against Ohio State, that's for sure. Absolutely. So I mean, we've mentioned this already plenty of times that uh, Ohio State's the real deal. And if you want to stick around in the Big Ten, you got to go through them. So, I mean, really just kind of pick and choose what you want here in this game. I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. Um, I think Nebraska could give them some trouble early, maybe like Indiana. But after that, I'd, I don't see Ohio State blowing this game off and lo- dropping a game on the road in the Big Ten. So, with that being said... We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get into even more picks. We're going to look at the rest of the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC, and we're going to knock it out. We're going to see who Derek has. We're going to see who I have. Um, and I'll, I'll mention my record. It's actually worth mentioning. I'm not going to brag about it, but it's worth mentioning because I never did this good on picks ever. <laughs> so it's actually happening this year. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday Takeover. you like sports? No, I mean, do you really like sports? And Friday Take has you covered. Your one-stop shop for everything sports. From Bearcat events to the professionals, it will surely be a home run. Every Friday from noon to one with host Austin Hall and co-host Brandon Starlin. Only on KZLX 106.7 VX. If you like the S106 sports team, make sure to check out our podcast and Bearcat Athletic Sports Updates. You can find those on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets. Even if you missed us live, we will always be there one click away in your pocket or on your laptop. X106 Sports.
KZLX, the place for all Maryville spoof hound football home games, live from the Hound Pound. Catch the five-time state champs in action, plus pre- and post-game here on X106. The smell of popcorn, the sound of the band playing, and the crunch of pads at your alma mater. There's nothing like it. From the powerhouse of Alabama to playing in Death Valley against LSU. We have it all here on Tuesday Takeover from 4 to 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Join your host, Austin McNorton, and me, Nolan Brooks, for your weekly update on the world of college football right here on KZLX LP Maryville. Join us here on X106 for live broadcasts of Northwest Missouri State Bearcat home games. In the fall, catch Bearcat football and volleyball matchups. In the winter, tune in for Bearcat men's and women's basketball home games. And in the spring, turn your dial to KZLX for Bearcat baseball. Every season, live home games from the sports crew at X106 Sports. Baseball fans, spring is slowly but surely approaching, which means it's time to tune into your Bearcat baseball team right here on the X106. Tune into Northwest Missouri State baseball as they look to head it back into MIAA championship contention. Bearcat baseball right here on the X106. Off of turn number four, two drivers run door-to-door, beating and banging, racing to get to the checkered flag. Except now it's Monday, and you've missed it. Every Monday from 3 to 4, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mater will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world. Race analysis, results, current driver standings, and the biggest storylines in the world of NASCAR and IndyCar. Listen live on the TuneIn app. Every Monday, 3 to 4, on X106. And welcome back in here to the studio to Tuesday Takeover. We are in the second hour of the show here. My name is Nolan Brooks. Alongside me is Derek. And we're going to get into the juicy stuff now. I mean, this is where me and Austin thought we would get heated at each other, but so far it hasn't. We haven't had too much difference as far as who we pick. Um, And what we're talking about is the preview of week number five here. And we'll start off with... The Big Ten, some very good games, some interesting games. Maybe not uh, the ranked matchups we saw of, like, Michigan versus Wisconsin. Um, but you're seeing some pretty good matchups here. Uh, we're going to start with Penn State at Maryland. And they actually play on Friday night at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1 there. Uh, Maryland, the home team. Maryland started off the year. Very convincing. Uh, they were putting up 60 points a game, uh, and then they dropped one to Temple on the road. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are anticipating Temple to run with them, but maybe not to beat them. And Temple put them out of out of the rankings, knocked them out of the top 25. And Maryland looked like a very convincing contender in the Big Ten until that game. Um, but now Penn State, who had some trouble – and they've had some pretty close games here early on, uh, but now they got to go on the road and play a true road test in Maryland here in week number five. Oh, yeah. Penn State, definitely a good team, but Maryland has been known to give them those, have those upsets, and they've, they've proven themselves to be a good team, strong. 
it just sucks that they had that loss against Temple. I know, but I feel like with Maryland, they can pull this win off for sure. Absolutely, and uh, take into account last year when these two teams played each other, it was rather late, uh, but Penn State came out on top 38-3 to in that matchup. Granted, the Maryland team that you saw last year was not the team that we've seen early this year. Uh, Maryland, like we said, losing 20-17 to to Temple. And then in the couple of games before that, 79-0 versus Howard. Granted, it's a lower team, but they put up 79 points. And then they beat a ranked Syracuse team. Oh, yeah. 63 to 20 and look really good doing it so they have a bit of a resume here and then last week penn state at home versus pitt 17 to 10 where they struggled and that was a home game and now you got to go on the road to play a terrapins team that is a legitimate threat right now the spread six and a half in favor of penn state i think that's pretty close I say that's pretty accurate for this game. Oh yeah, um, they, they're definitely seeing that between these two teams. They've seen, they've looked at Maryland. They've seen like how much they've been scoring, and then they've looked at Penn State, seeing what they've been doing too. And like two physical teams also, and like you know that both teams want this win. Absolutely, and you kind of look at the numbers. Maryland averaging fifty three a game, uh, Penn State forty seven a game, and then points per game. Uh, allowed Penn State's giving up 10 a game, Maryland 13 a game. So very close there in both categories. Uh, Total yards, Maryland 537.7 a game. Uh, I mean, granted, that that is because of those first two weeks. Uh, 260 passing, 277 rushing for the Terrapins. And then Penn State 473 per game, 281 to passing, 192 on the ground. And then you get over to the defensive side. Both these teams rather similar as far as rushing yards allowed. 70 for Penn State, 73 for Maryland. 257 from the pass game for Penn State. 224 from the Terrapins. So 298 overall per game allowed by the Terrapins. 323 per game allowed by the Lions. Take it with a grain of salt. Kind of pick your categories here. Um... I think this is going to be a true road test here. Uh, Penn State riding on a number 12 ranking so far this season. I think what's going for them, though, in this game is that they did manage to hold out late versus Pitt and look convincing enough that maybe even if it's close, we have the offense and the defense to hold off a team. Uh, I want to hear you who you have first. Because I'm interested, you're you're the new guy on the show so far. So I I want to know I want to know who you got. Well, like you said, uh, on paper these teams are really similar to each other, and it's a home game too. So you definitely got to deal with that atmosphere. So and I, I've been looking at this one, and I've I've noticed that Mar- Maryland has that record or, or past experiences of beating teams that are been competitors too. So I'm gonna go with Maryland on this one. Take the Terrapins. Okay, yep. bit of a bit of a bounce back as they did uh, get a a a bye week per se. Well, they didn't get a bye week, um, but you know they're getting some time to prepare uh, for this Penn State team. Whereas you know they're coming off a loss, so I'm sure they're not very happy by that. 
uh, Penn State coming off a close win. So it's looking, it's, man, this this is a lot closer than it should be, considering Maryland's unranked and Penn State's number twelve in the country. Um, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take Maryland in this game. Uh, I know Penn State is good at outlasting teams in the long run. Uh, but I think this is a road test that Penn State might not be able to get over, and this will be a hump that will push them back in the Big Ten here. Right. So I'm going to take gonna, the Terrapins. They're going to have to compete against an, ang- an angry Maryland team, and that's 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 a tough team to beat too, an angry team. And an angry Maryland team, or when they were a happy Maryland team, they were putting up 70. Oh, yeah, so just seeing what an angry team can do. So, I mean, granted, their other win it was against a ranked Syracuse who is nowhere near uh, number 12 Penn State. Yeah. But Maryland does know how to win games against ranked opponents regardless. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, throw out last year, 38-3, to Win uh, for Penn State over Maryland. This is not the same Maryland team. Uh, this Maryland team has some firepower behind it. So uh, I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to take the Terrapins uh, in this matchup. Then we move on. Uh, Northwestern, who just had a a kind of close game with Michigan State, is going to go on the road uh, and play number eight Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin convincing, very convincing win over Michigan that has now put them into the top 25. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think this game's going to be close. No. Um, I don't want to say it'll be similar to the Michigan State-Northwestern game because Wisconsin's better than Michigan State is right now. Yep. Um, I think Northwestern could maybe give them some bugaboo troubles for a quarter and a half. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor's the real deal. Yep. Dude's going to go to the NFL. He's... I mean, you you said this earlier. He's the next Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if not more, you know, you don't know. Um, But I think this Wisconsin team is way too good. Um, So I'm going to take Wisconsin. I don't think this game is going to be close at all. 11 o'clock on ABC. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to take the Badgers. Who are you taking? I'm going to have to agree with you. Like, Northwestern might stay with them in the first half, but you know Wisconsin's game plan is that ground and pound. They're just going to wear you out, and they're just – Gonna end up pulling ahead at the in this game, so I'm going Wisconsin. Yeah, I would say it's the smart move to take number eight Wisconsin right now. Uh, they're looking very good. They're looking scary good. Yep. Uh, next game, Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders one and two coming in. Uh, they're going to go on the road at 11 a.m. and play the number 14 Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Iowa three and zero on the year. Haven't played a conference game yet. That's okay. Uh, they are favored by 24 right now over Middle Tennessee. Uh, Middle Tennessee coming into this game, though, uh, even with them on points per game, points allowed, though, is where they have trouble. They have allowed 35.7, whereas Iowa's only allowed 10.3. Um, defense is the big issue. Clearly, 460 yards per game allowed by Middle Tennessee, 267 by Iowa, only 76 yards rushing allowed per game by the Hawkeyes. Uh, you saw Iowa get a a win over Iowa State in the in-state rivalry. Win. I mean, basically Iowa State muffed the punt that set up Iowa to take over and close out the game. Yeah. Now, Jacob Blair mentioned this last week on WSK, um, and I think he's right. I don't think the muff punt 
cost the game. I think it gave Iowa the opportunity to close the game. Yeah. Um, because if he did catch the punt, they still had a very significant chance to go down the field and kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Uh, the muff punt just put them out of position to yeah. get into a winning spot. Um, now, most people would argue against that because it was bad. It was a bad play. Yeah. Um, but Iowa got the win nonetheless. So um, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes in this one. I know Middle Tennessee is showing a points-per-game potential, but I – ranked Iowa team right now. They look really good. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. Uh, a very convincing win at home. Who yeah. you got? Not only are is Iowa ranked, but they're also a Big Ten team and Middle Tennessee is I don't see them competing against a Big Ten team. So I'm definitely going Iowa. They've just, Iowa's just defense has proven like, hey, we can stop you from putting up all these points that you have been. Absolutely. So uh, both of us are going to take the Hawkeyes in that one. Uh, next one, Rutgers at Michigan. Uh, Rutgers, of course, losing to Boston College at home, thirty to sixteen, and then Michigan losing thirty-five to fourteen to now number eight Wisconsin. Um, this, this is, I hate. I'm sorry for you, Rutgers, but. <laughs> Uh, Michigan at home is going to be very terrifying right now. They're probably really upset. Oh yeah. Um, I know that. I know that's weird, and that's there's no statistical value in saying that uh, a team is more upset, and you should be. You should not want to play a team who's upset. But uh, in this situation, Michigan is on the ropes. They're on the fence of what direction they're going to go in. They're still ranked, but they dropped. From number what what number eleven? Yeah, they dropped a lot to number twenty. That's a very significant drop, but it makes sense with how they played. Yeah. Um, sorry, Rutgers, but Michigan's going to win this game by a lot. And okay. so I'm I'm going to take Michigan simply because uh, they're going to get a home game now. Uh, they're going to get a week to. Uh, I don't want to be in Ann Arbor for that practice. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that. That would be scary right now. Jim Harbaugh's probably fuming. You see the oh, steam yeah. coming out of his ears every day. So. And he's in trouble, too. So Exactly. Like, you know he's, he's on gotta, the hot seat. So he's, he's, gotta, he's got something to prove for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take the Wolverines uh, in this matchup. Who gonna, do you got? It's it's su- It definitely sucks to be Rutgers right now. Last week they played Boston College coming off a loss against Kansas. Now they're playing Michigan coming off a loss against Wisconsin. So back-to-back weeks, they're playing teams that probably should have competed against their opponents. So, And it's a tough one. I'm going to go with Michigan, though, because they're they're trying to prove themselves still. And if you can't lose the Rutgers if you're going to prove yourself. I agree with you 100%. This is definitely a, a revival game for Michigan. Uh, Fix some things because if you're going to compete in the Big Ten like everybody predicted you to, and you're going to beat Ohio State, uh, you got a lot of things to fix up there in Ann Arbor. But both of us are going to roll with the Wolverines in that matchup. Uh, next one, Indiana at Michigan State. This one might be a little more interesting than most oh, yeah. people think. Indiana 38 to 3 victors over the Yukon Huskies and then Michigan State of course beating Northwestern last week. Um so Michigan State creeping back into the top 25. Uh Indiana though 
tough loss to Ohio State, but they still have a a pretty good uh, record overall. I mean, you can't really count them out in this game, which is why I feel it's going to be a little closer. However, 14-point spread in favor of the Spartans. That's a little high. That's a little high in my taste, um, simply because I think Indiana is playing very well right now. They are 3-1 right there alongside Michigan, but they are 0-1 in conference play, obviously because of the loss to Ohio State. But I'm going to roll Sparty in this one. I... The defense of Indiana is allowing way too much from both sides of the ball. Michigan State stopping the run game, um, and Indiana is a a good run style offense. 120 and a half uh, yards per game uh, from the Hoosiers, and Michigan State's basically the match for that, I believe. So, Indiana though is going to hang around. You're going to see the Hoosiers test Michigan State, who is also trying to try and they're trying to compete in the Big Ten. Um, so look for a closer one. I think 14 is a little too high, uh, but I don't know. Roll with that, I guess. Uh, I'm going to take the Spartans. Who you got? I'm going to agree with you. This game is going to be close. Like two teams trying to prove themselves in the Big Ten, and like they're, they're definitely looking to compete against each other, Like especially Indiana. They're wanting to prove themselves. But Michigan State, I think, is just going to end up edging them out at the end of the game. Like it might be a touchdown spread maybe. I'm I'm hoping like I'm thinking it'd be more like a three point game in my opinion, but I'm so definitely a close going, one like yeah. Arizona State. Oh yeah, I think this these two teams are just I think they're similar, and they're definitely just going to go out there and compete against each other, and it's just tough because they're they're wanting to prove themselves both of them, but Michigan State I feel like has that edge to win this game. So you got Michigan State outlasting. Yep. The Hoosiers there, so both of us kind of sticking with the whole outlasting mentality. So uh, both of us roll with Sparty. And then we're going to move on. Minnesota uh, on the road. They're going to take on Purdue, who is 1-2 this year. Minnesota coming in 3-0. and So Minnesota uh, looking like the more convincing team here. Uh, but then you go to the stat line. Uh, they're... I mean, they're pretty even. In fact, the spread is even. Uh, so, although it favors Minnesota as far as the percentage, the predictor, uh, the spread is even. And then you look at the stats, 33 points per game for the Gophers, 28 for the Boilermakers. Uh, both these teams giving up basically 30 points uh, per game. So, close games so far uh, for both of these teams. 421 yards, though, per game for Purdue versus 356 for the Gophers. Um, Purdue did have a a very good game at home. They lost to TCU, but they had a 42-24 victory over Vanderbilt. Um, the Purdue defense is very unreliable, though. Yeah. Uh, 438 yards per game allowed, whereas Minnesota 303 allowed. Um, it's it's this game is close. I know it's showing Minnesota favored by a lot on the percentage, but I think it's going to be close. I want to hear you have for this one because this is another kind of a down to the wire. You know, last minute. Well, Purdue could win this because they're at home, but Minnesota's three and zero. 
and they have a better defense. So who you got? I think uh, Minnesota's three and zero right now. They're definitely riding high, so that's going to help them coming in at this for this away game. And like you said, you can't rely on Purdue's defense. Like they're struggling in the all over. So I know it says it's going to be close, but I just think Minnesota's going to end up winning this game by fourteen. I feel like they're just going to beat Purdue no matter what. You think Minnesota's going to outplay Purdue? Yeah, in I, the long run, I think they will, just because. You just can't trust Purdue's defense right now. It's like, unless if they figure something out this week where they're like, hey, this is our game plan. This is what we're going to stick with. And I just don't see that happening with Purdue right now. So I'm going to take Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm really on the fence for this one. Um, hmm. Ah, man, they lost at home to TCU. Is TCU better than Minnesota? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, Minnesota going to double OT with Fresno um, and then winning by three against Georgia Southern. Purdue, again, they're unreliable. They Their defense is kind of struggling right now. Mm, let's see. I don't really know. This is, this is tough. This is very tough. Sindelar for Purdue, 932 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, Morgan for Minnesota, 700 yards, six touchdowns. Mm, I'm going to take Purdue at home. I'm going to take the Boilermakers. Um, I think I think they play pretty well at home despite their loss to TCU. I know Minnesota is looking fantastic right now in what it, whatever fashion that means. Uh, when you only win by three against Georgia Southern. Uh, but I think Purdue, maybe maybe you're going to see another revamp game for a team. Uh, so I'm going to take the Boilermakers uh, getting a win at home over the Golden Gophers. Sorry, Minnesota fans, if, <laughs> if there's any Gopher fans listening to this. I'm going to take the Boilermakers overall. Don't worry, guys. I got your back. Yeah, you got you got a loyal fan across <laughs> across the table here, uh, and Derek is he's he's gonna stick with the Golden Gophers in this matchup, and let's see here, waiting for the computer to load, and then the next game is Ohio State Nebraska. We already talked about that one. That is gonna be College Game Day in Lincoln. Uh, both of us taking the Buckeyes in that matchup. Uh, Nebraska, we said could potentially hang around, but Ohio State looks really good right now. Um, so really tough to pick against the Buckeyes. But uh, that's going to do it here for the Big Ten. Let's move on to the Big 12 now. Again, a very quiet week for the Big 12. Uh, not that many games going on. You're kind of seeing teams alternate who gets a bye week. But this is the first week where every team is playing another Big 12 team. This is a true conference conference matchup week for everybody. Um, first game, Texas Tech at number six, Oklahoma. Uh, man. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a tough game. Uh, Texas Tech recently losing to Arizona. Uh, late game there, uh, but Arizona did end up winning that game. Um, so Texas Tech coming off a loss. Oklahoma looking very convincing right now, although... Oklahoma did move back down below Ohio State. Yeah. Oklahoma was five, and Ohio State was six, and they kind of, they swapped spots. 
Granted, uh, Oklahoma had a bye week, and then Ohio State went out and played a fantastic game, scored 76 points. So it makes a little, it makes sense that they would move them back up because Oklahoma got a bye. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Texas Tech going on the road to Oklahoma. Uh, this is going to be a – I think this could be another Big 12 matchup that maybe people underwrite a little bit. Uh, Texas Tech is 2-1, and one, but – Oklahoma favored 93% to 6%. Oklahoma favored by 27. I think that's a lot. That is a lot, especially against Texas Tech, who in the past, who's always competed very well against Oklahoma, like in the past couple of years, like with Patrick Mahomes and whoever their quarterback was last year against Baker. I mean, not Baker, Kyler. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it's it's – it's 27 seems like a lot of points. Um, Texas Tech scoring 32 a game, uh, allowing 13 a game. So there, I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, 55 per game for Oklahoma and only allowing 19 per game. Yeah. Oklahoma almost 700 yards total per game. Uh, over 300 on both sides of the ball. Uh, 500 per game for Texas Tech. Uh, the run game not as significant as Oklahoma's. Um, granted, that's because they have a running back, and they also have a quarterback running back known as Jalen Hurts, who's looking fantastic right now. The only thing where you see a significant difference might be the defense, as Oklahoma is allowing more yards per game overall. Uh, but, man, Oklahoma looks real good right now. Um, so I'm going to roll with the Sooners in this. Uh, I think Texas Tech could hang around maybe – if, you, if I had to make a comparison, maybe look at uh, Texas and Oklahoma State. Yep. Maybe. Something to compare it to a little bit closer, see Texas Tech hang around. But another situation maybe also like Nebraska and Ohio State where one team is just too good in their conference and Oklahoma is going to outlast the Red Raiders. So give me the Sooners in this one. Right. Who are you going to take, kind sir? I'm taking the Sooners too. Even though I know in the past Texas Tech has always come close and competing against Oklahoma, it's just it's just tough to go against those numbers that Oklahoma's putting up against teams right now. So I'm Absolutely. going Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma is just undeniably good right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts at the helm, Heisman Trophy uh, front runner in some cases. Um, so Oklahoma definitely looks convincing right now. And let me hit the back button here, and let's look at the next one. KU at TCU. TCU recently getting bounced back out of the top 25 after losing to SMU in the close one, 41-38. And then KU getting the convincing win over Boston College, 48-24. So you saw – or they lost to West Virginia. I'm sorry. 29-24 loss there for the Jayhawks. Uh, to West Virginia. So another Big 12 matchup here. Um, I know KU played very well on the road against Boston College. Boston College is not TCU. Um, and here's where you and I you and I have kind of developed the mentality of teams that are upset. Yeah, uh, I'm sure TCU didn't like losing by three points. Uh, when they probably should have won that game. Yeah. They had multiple opportunities to run away with it, and they just couldn't pull through. Um, so I'm going to take the Horned Frogs. I know KU's 
kind of riding high right now, but they also did just lose to West Virginia, who's at the bottom of the Big 12 with them. Uh, and that was kind of a turning point game, in my opinion, as well as with uh, Austin. So I'm going to take the Horn Frogs in this one. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I like Kansas. I'm I'm always rooting for those underdog teams, that's for sure, in college. But it's just hard to go against TCU, who's always been better than Kansas, even though Kansas is looking not bad this year. No, they're but, definitely looking uh, improved. That's not yeah, the problem. But, yeah. So the Big 12 just still – it's just better big. than them. <laughs> League's better than them. Oh yeah, it's a top-heavy conference for sure. And it's it's just tough because they they played so well against Boston College. So you don't you don't know which Kansas team you're gonna get week to week. I feel like because they lost to West Virginia, who probably, in my opinion, I think they probably should have beat. But I'm just because of that mentality that you don't know which Kansas team you're gonna get. I'm gonna go TCU. Okay, and that makes sense. I mean. Yeah. TCU, I right now is the better team. Yeah. Over on paper and performance wise, you've seen TCU play better than KU has. Mm-hmm. And when KU loses to West Virginia, that should really tell people, well, maybe KU is not quite there. Maybe there's glimpses of it and they're in the right direction, but they're not quite there yet. So Horned Frogs is the consensus here. Uh next one, Iowa State at Baylor. Baylor getting the win against Rice 21-13. Iowa State blowing out UL Monroe 72-20. to uh, Iowa State going on the road though and it's tough to go on the road in the Big 12 no matter who you're playing um, but Iowa State looking convincing right now. Uh, who do you have in this game? Um, let's see here. Like, uh, Baylor versus Rice that's tough because Baylor's offense didn't do anything in the second half and for an 0-3 team the shutdown on offense in the second half is pretty impressive, in my opinion. So, and Iowa State has played close games, except for last week, when they just completely blew out of the water. But I'm going to go the Cyclones on this one, because I just feel like their defense can hold Baylor, whose who's offense has proven that they can't really do anything against a, a shutdown defense. So, Iowa State I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, so, Iowa State, the consensus, uh, I'm going to take them as well. Um, I think I think Baylor uh, at home might be a little bit better than they were on the road against Rice. But like you mentioned, if you have to fight tooth and nail for a win against Rice, um, who was winless, I think you're going to have real trouble with Iowa State, who has shown that they can compete with ranked teams in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy, very, very solid veteran leadership there at quarterback. Uh Iowa State is a pretty dynamic offense, and they score quickly, and their defense can back that up. So I think Iowa State uh, is going to go on the road and get the win here. So you and I agree on that one as well. Then the final game of the Big 12 this week, number 24, Kansas State, pushing into the top 25, is going to go on the road and play Oklahoma State, who went on the road and (laughs) tested Texas. Uh, So Oklahoma State... A, a scary game in the Big 12 right now, especially for K-State, who's riding some pretty good momentum. Uh, who you got in this one? I, I got K-State just because I feel like after like last week, they proved themselves, and I just feel like K-State's a better team here. But even though Oklahoma State competed with Texas, they're going to compete again against K-State. But I just feel like K-State is going to come out and win this game. So. Okay, 
confident in the Wildcats, much yep. like Mr. McNorton would be, <laughs> and all the power to it. However, man, Oklahoma State looked great against Texas. Yep. And that was on the road. That was on the road. Now you're going to go back home, and you're going to take that, and you're going to welcome in another ranked Big 12 team. <laughs> yeah, I know K-State K battled, and they got a big road win against Mississippi State, who is an SEC opponent. Yeah. And that's tough to do, to go on the road and beat the SEC. But I think Oklahoma State right now, even though K-State has reached into the top rankings, Oklahoma State's right outside of it. That's so true. these teams are almost even, in a sense. So I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. I like them at home. I think they can outplay K-State. This is where you're going to see K-State get their first test in Big 12 play. Um, I think this is a tough matchup to get in your first conference game Oh yeah. overall. So I'm going to take the Cowboys in that one. You can definitely be looking at it like a switch of positions coming after this week. Exactly, and that's why these teams are so close to being even yeah. with them being right outside. So that's going to do it for the Big 12. And real quick, I mean, we'll go through the SEC. Uh, I mean, there's some good games, and then there's some not-so-good games. Um, I think one of the only really good ones would be Mississippi State and Auburn, possibly, and then A&M and Arkansas uh, overall right now. But other than that, I mean, this is another down week for the SEC. Uh, number 23 A&M uh, at home against the Razorbacks who are coming off a loss to San Jose State. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm going to take A&M at home. Uh, I know I know Razorback fans and Razorback faithful are hoping for a turnaround, but, man, to go on the road right after you lose to San Jose State and try and beat a ranked A&M team who lost a close one to Auburn, yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, so I'm going to take the uh, Aggies in that one. Who do you have? Uh, I'm going to have to go A&M also just because it is definitely hard to beat an SEC team on the road. And Arkansas – Against San Jose, it didn't look impressive to me. So, uh, And Texas A&M looked impressive against Auburn. Like, they probably could have won that game maybe. But um, I think Texas A&M is definitely just going to come out here and just beat Arkansas. Absolutely. So the consensus there, Texas A&M is going to take down the Razorbacks. And then we'll move on. Uh, Northern Illinois and Vandy. Uh, Vandy losing to uh who did they just lose to lsu by a lot yeah that's right uh but nonetheless an sec team northern illinois maybe maybe uh a good test and to keep them to wake them up a little bit uh but i'm gonna take vanderbilt in this game uh this will be a bounce back game for vanderbilt okay. overall i know vanderbilt got lost like 66 to 36 but they still put up a lot of points against LSU, even though they got beat by 30. So I feel like Vanderbilt's proven that they can put up those points. And Northern Illinois, not so much. But I'm going to go with Vanderbilt also, just because I've seen them. They can score. There hasn't been really a defense that can stop them from scoring. And, like, the only thing that might cost Vanderbilt is, like, if somebody just outscores them. But that's about it. So I'm going Vanderbilt. Okay. Now, Ole Miss – at all at Alabama at Alabama 
Ole Miss losing to number 23 Cal at home. Now they got to go on the road and play arguably the best team in the nation um, besides Clemson. Uh, this this shouldn't even be close. Alabama by a lot, and that's <laughs> wild because this is an SEC matchup interconference nonetheless. Uh, but I'm taking Alabama by a lot. Uh, I don't see – I don't – man, that's – it shouldn't be that way, but Alabama's just that good this year. Oh, yeah. I'm going Alabama, too. I just – after a loss to Cal and you're coming to play Alabama at Alabama, it's going to be a tough one. So definitely yeah. Alabama. No, no way they lose this game. Yeah. Uh, next one should be a consensus pick real quick. Uh, Florida <laughs> at home against Towson. Uh, I assume you have the Gators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Gators. Everybody, yeah, the Gators at home, number nine against Towson. That won't even be close. Uh, Mississippi State going on the road. They're going to play Auburn. Um, we thought a test would be in A&M for Bo Nix, but now he's going to get a home game. Uh, another SEC matchup, nonetheless. But Mississippi State couldn't even beat a Big 12 team in K-State who isn't even considered in the top for the Big 12 right now. Yeah. Um, and they were at home. Now they got to go on the road, play a high-riding Auburn team. So I'm going to take uh, Auburn in this game. I think Bo Nix is going to continue this momentum. Their system of keeping him from not overproducing, but producing the right amount, excuse me, producing the right amount is going to keep working for them. Uh, so I'm going to take Auburn. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you. Definitely Auburn. I feel like their their offense is doing a good job of like putting Bo Nix in the right situations, where he's making the right plays. They're not stressing, hey, man, you're going to have to go out here and make a playmaking play like all the time. But they're like, hey, we got you these weapons. You, you don't, you can, we can take, we're taking some pressure off of you to go and win these games for us. So definitely Auburn in this game. Absolutely. So consensus with Auburn. And then the last one, Kentucky at South Carolina. South Carolina giving Mizzou some trouble there. And Kentucky losing their matchup this past week. But they did give Florida some trouble. So uh, this could be an interesting one. This could be one of the closer games you'll see in the SEC here. Um, I'm going to roll with Kentucky on the road. Um, I know South Carolina looked pretty convincing against Mizzou um, for a half. But it was for a half. I like Kentucky. I think Kentucky will kind of revamp to that uh, energy that they had against Florida, um, and you're going to see that again, and Kentucky will go on the road and get a win here. So uh, I'm going to take the Wildcats. I'm going to disagree with you this one. I'm going to take South Carolina just because they are they competed against Mizzou at home, at Mizzou. But, and, and South Carolina, I feel like, has always been a good offensive team. They might have struggled in the second half against Mizzou, but I don't see that happening against Kentucky. So I'm just going to go South Carolina. All right. So, I mean, hey, it's good It's good to have a bit of a mix-up here because people like to see a little bit of conflict. But you're new on the show, so, I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's almost like I'm trying to prove myself. Well, yeah, there shouldn't be any conflict. I mean, you should want to come on the show and prove yourself. That is exactly right. So uh, that is it for the picks here. And uh, we'll see how how we how we do. I mean, you and I had a lot of the same picks, but there yeah. were the differences. So I will keep note of that, oh. and uh, <laughs> I will let you know how you do after this week. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, but when we get back, we're gonna talk about that article that ranks the transfer quarterbacks as far as who is the best and who might not be the best. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. Yes, so. There is. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll see who's on that list. I have a pretty good idea of who's number one, but uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll be right back here on Tuesday Takeover. 
off of turn number four. Two drivers run door-to-door, beating and banging, racing to get to the checkered flag. Except now it's Monday, and you've missed it. Every Monday from 3 to 4, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mader will get you up to speed on everything in the racing world. Race analysis, results, current driver standings, and the biggest storylines in the world of NASCAR and IndyCar. Listen live on the TuneIn app. Every Monday, 3 to 4, on X106. If you like the X106 sports team, make sure to check out our podcast and Bearcat Athletic Sports Updates. You can find those on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets. Even if you missed us live, we will always be there, one click away, in your pocket, or on your laptop. X106 Sports. Join us here on X106 for live broadcasts of Northwest Missouri State Bearcat home games. In the fall, catch Bearcat football and volleyball matchups. In the winter, tune in for Bearcat men's and women's basketball home games. And in the spring, turn your dial to KZLX for Bearcat baseball. Every season, live home games from the sports crew at X106 Sports. Are you missing basketball season? Well, coming up this winter, your defending national champion men's basketball team and women's basketball team are back in action. You can catch every home game live on KZLX or listen live on the TuneIn app to keep up with the action. Make sure to follow us at x106 underscore sports for any updates throughout the semester before the season tips off at Bearcat Arena. Now we're on. Welcome back into the studio here. Tuesday takeover. Nolan Brooks, and alongside me is my good friend Derek, who is subbing in for Mr. McNorton. I'm taking over and hosting, and then he is serving as my role, the mediator, to add in some spice to it, maybe get Austin to uh, shake his mind a little bit. You know what I'm oh. saying? So our mediator for sakes here. Look out, Austin. I'm coming for you. <laughs> exactly. Hey, look out, Austin. But uh, one last thing we want to talk about here on Tuesday takeover. There is an interesting article that uh, kind of maybe it sort of ranks the top transfer quarterbacks in 2019 um, as far as who might be a Heisman front runner and then who is maybe not a Heisman front runner but are having a very solid year in their new program. And this article talks about how signing the right quarterback transfer can change the trajectory of your program. Just ask Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield, LSU and Joe Burrow, Washington State and Gardner Minshew. Interesting. <laughs> or Oklahoma and Kyler Murray again, or again Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so, I mean, there there's a lot of names that you can take into account here. Um, and what this article has for the number one Heisman contender and transfer quarterbacks is Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. And I would say they are hitting that right on the nose. Um, so far this year, wow, 80% completion rate on 888 yard or 880 yards, no nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He also has 36 carries for 390 yards, 10.8 yards a carry oh, yeah. with that's, four that's touchdowns. Impressive. He is turning into the dual threat quarterback that Oklahoma likes to see and that he wanted to become. Uh, and he couldn't really do that at Alabama. Then the front runner right behind him, no, 
man, don't don't count this kid out either. Wow. Uh, he's doing almost the exact same thing Hurts is doing. Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I mean, this kid's the real deal. I would just, in my opinion, I'd just like to see Justin Fields tested first before he deserves the second. Like, I know he transferred, but I want to see him play against another Power 5 school and actually prove that he deserves to be right behind Jalen Hurts. Exactly, and I think I think the argument as far as to why Justin Fields is listed below Hurts, Hurts played at Alabama. Yep. And Hurts has some he started experience. too at Alabama. Exactly. When you start at Alabama, you're top tier. Yep. Um, so he has some experience. He has a couple national titles, oh. uh, and he won quite a bit of games at Alabama. Justin Fields, like you said, I think, man, I don't think I've heard a lot of people say that. Austin's very high on Justin Fields, yeah. and you're saying you want to see him tested before you think he's the real deal. Yeah, because that's a complete flip from what I've heard Austin say. He's, he, I know he's a starting quarterback. He might deserve it. He might not. Because you can't really say that because. He hasn't really played anybody yet, and it's hard to say, hey, this guy deserves to be a starting quarterback. Well, I haven't seen him play against, like, Wisconsin yet. and I can't say, hey, man, can you beat Wisconsin right now? And I don't, I don't see Justin Fields beating Wisconsin right now. What Hot take. I know. Hot take. Okay. I mean, Justin Fields, 66 of 95 for 60, 69% completion rate, 880 yards passing on 13 touchdowns and no interceptions, and then 28 carries, 173 yards, 6.2 yards per carry with six touchdowns. So uh, identical almost between the two, but Jalen Hurts has almost 200 yards more rushing. Actually, he does have 200 yards more rushing. He's looking pretty good. He's looking like freshman Jalen starting at Alabama, that's for sure. Yeah, so this is a interesting start for those two then you move on and it has number three uh they don't have them as a heisman runner but who is the next rank below them as far as the top five or six uh jacob eason and washington 73 percent completion rate 1063 yards passing 10 touchdowns two interceptions uh good year there for washington and their uh, transfer quarterback shane buscheli at smu Wow, 1,159 yards passing on 67% rate, seven touchdowns, and he's got 89 carry or 89 yards rushing and a touchdown. He looked good against TCU. Exactly, you saw him. Yep. You saw why he's a good guy oh, yeah. and why he made that list against TCU. Uh, another rock solid one, Kelly Bryant at Mizzou. Uh, Kelly Bryant, of course, Austin's mentioned this before. He was behind Trevor Lawrence. He started two before him. Exactly. So he has. I mean. He's a pretty big name. Started, he was going to be the starter. Then you bring in freshman phenom Trevor Lawrence, and the rest is history. Kelly Bryant now at Mizzou and thriving. 65% completion rate, 1,025 yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions, 143 rushing yards. I think so, I mean. I like him at Mizzou. That's in my opinion because I'm a, I'm a Mizzou fan. But I think he looks good with the scheme of the offense for sure. Like he – he looks like he can win some games at, at Mizzou. Absolutely. And another honorable mention, Josh Jackson out of Maryland. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy who is leading the charge there and all those points there scoring. So a very interesting list. I think this is a very cool article. Go check it out if you haven't. It's on ESPN. Um, a, a very good breakdown by Bill Connolly on who is doing so who's so good and rarely you see transfer quarterbacks be the talk of 
college football. But this year, it's starting to become a trend, and you're starting to see why people really enjoy watching oh, yeah. guys transfer to different programs, and you're seeing them flourish. You're seeing Jalen Hurts become the dual-threat quarterback he wanted to be, Justin Fields keeping up the momentum. So you're seeing a lot of good stuff. So that's going to do it here for the show. Derek, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks yeah, for no subbing problem. in. Uh means a, a lot. Time. And uh you made some picks this week and I'll start I'll keep a record for you and we'll we'll keep track of that. Uh next week Austin will be back and I'll be back in my normal role where you won't hear me talk so much. <laughs> um and Austin will do all the talking for me, which is great cuz that makes me have to do less, you know. So <laughs> It's working out real good. Uh, Next week, make sure to tune back in, same time, same place, right here on KZLX. And thanks for tuning into the show, everybody.